Hello to all out there. I hope you're enjoying your Monday, or whatever day of the week it happens to be that you're listening to this on in the future. Which, that's what I'm here to talk about. Days. Specifically, that this episode happened many days ago. Many, many. To be precise, 60. Or about 8 weeks. Or four fortnights, if you prefer, which is all about 812 gnomes. This episode of Vault Shenanigans was kind of just misplaced. I don't know. Somebody just kind of forgot to, to leave his audio on the editor's desk, so it got pushed back for a while. And then we had some other topical episodes that we had to release, and this one got shoved back even further. And then just pure laziness pushed it back even further than that. So, think of this episode like a time capsule, showing you the way the world used to be. Because this is also a very topical episode of Board Shenanigans, maybe even the most topical episode we've ever had. We discuss at length, as you will soon hear, the Bill Nye Kinham debate. So, that's a good context for you right now as to where it was, and many other things in the episode will show you just how long ago it, it happened. But, enough of me yammering. Jarrett! Yes. Are you ready? You know what your job here is, right? Playing guitar, like usual. I don't know if the rest of you people out there knew it, but Jared is here each week with us. Always. To perform the Board Schnagans theme song live. And then he just sits quietly in the background until he's needed again. He's very shy. Indeed, that is how it works. <laughs> I mean, how else do you think we get the music in the podcast? You can always imagine music, but it just means that no one else can hear it. At the same time. Well, well, thank you for making it so we can all hear the music, too. And you are welcome. Got your fingers all warmed up and ready for us? I mean, your music fingers, not your John fingers. I think I'm good. Well then, Mr. Majorius, hit it! Hey, everybody! Welcome to another week of board shenanigans. As always, I am joined by the, the venerable Reverend Brewer, a, a, ma- a man who, even though it's illegal to be a homosexual in Russia, will still have a problem going to that country after after the Winter Olympic Games are over. And I'm here with Hitman Cold Cody C. Cool, who all he wants in life is just a big bucket of hot cum. That's right. You heard it here first, folks. We, we, you heard our first branch out into the genre of the hip hops. So I hope you enjoyed poor, like poor white boy rapping edited to sound as such. So we hope, it'd be scary if we were good at. Rapping. Yeah, and, and you know, frankly, it'd be scary if I was good at editing rapping because that was my first attempt at that. And so, yeah, I'm not promising it's not going to happen again. So. That's right. That'll be the that'll be the single off of our like. Damn, it feels good to be a podcaster. <laughs> Uh, album that will be out, like where we're gonna be rocking our gold chains and our the our golden mics and our uh, and our gold rims and our gold computers on our golden podcasting. Yeah, sheets. we we just be banking all that shit. What what? Yeah, up in the his natch for the biz natch on the pod snatch. Pod, pod. I don't know what a pod snatch is either. Oh, that's, but a pod snatch is way dirtier than I thought it was. Like, is that is that what, where you fuck a podcast at? And it's pod snatch. Do you think? 
Do you think that's what, like, uh, the harem of our, our harem should be? Like, welcome to the pod snatch? That's what, like, all of the women that obviously it's the sultry sounds of our voice have to want us to get sultry with their no-no Either that bits. or the name of the board shenanigans brothel, the pod snatch. Uh, that's right, and that is the first mention of genitals on this particular episode of Board Shenanigans. Stay tuned for more! I, know, which, I don't know if this has came up on the show or not, but it's going to happen again. In, in doing things to this episode, the government is going to be fucking confused. Because the things I search for on Google... For instance, it, as you may or may not have read, I did my very best gangsta written interpretation, which brings me to the whole other quandary of, do gangstas write the way they talk? Because, frankly, I don't know. If you're a gangster out there, please write me a note saying if you write in, in gangsta-isms. Because I, I had to look up, like, the gangsta words, so I typed in gangsta words on Google, which gives you a whole sorts of weird pop-ups and, and, and then i was like <laughs> then i typed in gangsta suffixes because i wanted to make some words more gangsta by adding suffixes which is probably the first time that the word gangsta suffix has ever been uttered this is how real and legit we are what i know right <laughs> nah man i'd be all about the onomatopoeia dizzles <laughs> Oh, what what about the past participle biatch? Oh, oh shit. Man, them adjectives are all up in this hood. Um, y'all going to make me lose my adverbs up in here, up in here. Uh, anyway, so uh bes- besides that, uh anything wonderful and or exciting happened to you lately, Brewer? Um, yeah, about the only wonderful and or exciting was um Bill Nye debated uh Ken Ham, and I watched that on its night of airing. Did you actually watch it live, or did you did you get it I, afterwards? I got it afterwards, because I only heard about it 30 minutes into it, and I was like, I can rewind, or I can just wait for it to be all over. And I took the idea of waiting for right. it to be all over. I actually watched the, the pre- and post-game show of it, too, which was produced by um, the Creationist Museum, so it was very creation-heavy. And uh, very poor quality, as far as, as far as the audio goes and recording, so... Um, don't feel don't feel free to watch it because, but but what I did do to make it more entertaining is I I turned on the the YouTube subtitles for those, which <laughs> I don't know if you people out there under have have heard that YouTube has subtitles now that are accurate about ten percent of the time at least the auto subtitles. So uh, well don't don't leave us all in suspense. How was the debate? What was you know like get, let's let's get the brewer. Well, review. the brewer review of 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 the Nyham debate was first off it's long so. Prepare for that, folks. It's almost it's almost yeah. three hours. Yeah, it's three hours long. I I tried to watch it, but three hours of time was hard to find. I watched probably an hour of it, and it was just divided up over little chunks of. Um, it's a pretty good debate from what I saw, and I read probably four or five articles on it because I got pretty sucked into it. It was pretty interesting when I read about it. But. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, if you've never seen like an official debate, be it political or otherwise, this is a, a good example of that. So, eh, opposed to just people arguing, it's. More, it is a debate. But I, I would say, just let's let's start off with some of the negatives, I guess. First off, there was a lot of non-sequiturs, which non-sequiturs, for those not with their Latin, is just telling something that is unimportant that never links back to anything. Yeah, like they talked about the Super Bowl a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Or, I mean, a, a good example is at the beginning of... um of Ham's, like, address as far as, like, what he was going to talk about, he references a whole bunch of scientists. Just pretty much saying their yeah. name, like, oh, hey, look, here's a guy. Here's a guy that believes this, too. Well, here's a guy that believes this. What does that have to do with as far as debating as if it's a functional model? It has nothing to do with debating a functional model. I thought that was in really poor taste because I thought, 
if you're the Christian Science Museum guy, then perhaps you don't need to justify your existence and your belief structure by other people's belief and existence structure. I felt like he should have just stood on his own. I actually thought that was in pretty poor taste myself. Bill Nye was was definitely uh, guilty of doing some non-sequiturs as well. Um, I'm actually not going to point out the one that most people are referencing is his... Um, his bow tie thing, which, come on, Bill Nye's gonna talk about bow ties. We know this. <laughs> so, but that's not the reason why it's not a non sequitur, cause he, he does eventually tie it back into something, as far as like, why people believe what they believe. So I feel that wasn't non sequitur That's kind of a, it's kind of a tactic that a lot of debaters and, and lawyers will use of, of telling a completely arbitrary story and then at the very end hooking it back in, cause it makes you remember it. But there were some other ones, I'm trying to think of a specific example, but I do know that there was some other nice non Bill Nye non-sequiturs. Um, another debating tactic that I felt that they both did that is not in, in the best taste. Um, they both did some kind of underhanded um, uh, ad hoc attacks. Or very clandestine, but you could obviously tell us what they were saying with them. Or, excuse me, an ad hominem attack. An ad hominem attack is just pretty much just assassinating the person's character. going Just right. going directly at them. Which, the one that I felt Bill Nye did, I think he might actually be the best example of this, oddly enough. Is it's and it's not very it's not it's not you know very apparent as far as that but if you think about it he keeps saying like that worries me when you think something like that yeah I thought that uh, yeah I, I definitely heard I heard that a few times I mean I understand why he's saying that but you know I I do think if you would have mentioned it only once or twice or maybe in the end or the closing or or something like that okay yes right. but I I do feel he he mentioned that a little too many times for it to be anything other than an ad hominem attack. Um, no matter how mild. One of the things uh, I actually really enjoyed out of it, and it was mostly on Bill Nye's part, was uh, that guy genuinely, passionately loves science and loves learning things, and it really shows whenever whenever he had the fossil, and he was talking about the fossil and how it's like a picture of going back in time, and you can see the layers, and was explaining how one one era never or one you know species of time never goes in with another one. I thought that was really, really interesting, but my favorite point he made, which, and maybe it's my own not familiarity with this as much, but my favorite point he made was the thing about the, if Noah's Ark was real and kangaroos wound up in Australia, how come in that 4,000 year time frame you never found a fossil of a kangaroo on the, from the Middle East to Australia? I thought that was just a very, it was a very simple point. But I, I never thought of that. I think that's a great, that's a great idea. Yeah, or, yeah, cause, cause no, normally people go the other route, like, how did you get the kangaroos from Australia? Whereas most creationists will say, well, no, kangaroos were in the Middle East at that point. So, yeah. Right. Which, yeah, there was that. I mean, one, one other quick, um, quick thing that I didn't, didn't like about the debate, which I'm, they're both guilty of, but I, you know, if I have to put the blame anywhere, I'm gonna go with him, but just sheerly because he went first. Um, I don't feel that they kept their arguments to the scope of the topic. Which was, is it a viable model? They, they, I felt they both branched off and started talking about other things, but the reason why I'm gonna put it on, on Ham first is cause, like I said, one, cause he did go first, so he, it was his place to set the tone, and two, he just went off and started almost what, what skeptics refer to as a gish gallop, um, which there was this, uh, Dr. Gish back in the, in the 70s who was a creationist scientist who was known for just spewing out gobs of, of questions or facts, just whole bunches of them row after row so that whoever he's debating can't tackle them all or gets lost in them oh, yeah right I, i've also heard it referred to as like uh um 
barrage them with BS. Which we do on a weekly basis. <laughs> exactly. That's why I thought I should bring up that term. But yeah, so that's why, which, you know, I, I can't say because like, so obviously Nye was trying to uh, address that, which, which another thing is um, Richard Dawkins always says evolutionists shouldn't debate creationists because there's really no way to win whether you're right or not, which I'm of mixed feelings on that. Uh, I, I think it's important to get the message out there, but you should be very careful with it. And there is nothing to really gain from debating it with amongst people that believe you. So, I mean, the only thing I, I the internet exploded about this, yeah. like went completely fucking crazy with it. Like, which honestly, I'd be lying. If you want some good entertainment? Go read some of the forums because whenever you're nameless, faceless people, you can troll about anything, and this gave everybody a chance to troll about their perspective, belief structure. So the internet went insane, yeah. which was kind of fun to watch. But uh, I mean. From what I could tell, I mean, yeah, granted there were, but I think when you're on such a hot button issue like this, when you're on something like this, I don't know that it would ever go perfect. Oh no! Yeah. But from 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 what I what I could tell, I thought Bill Nye completely won. I thought he conducted himself very well. I, I, the the only thing I really disliked, and they were both guilty of it, but I think it was a good cop out. Was whenever they were asking. Um, you know, and I can't remember all of the questions, but one of the ones they asked was they asked Bill Nye, like, how did consciousness become become a thing? And he's like, well, that is one of the great mysteries. Which Yeah, okay. he sidestepped it, yeah. Right, which, okay, well, but I feel like that, and I don't remember who went first. I, I really don't because I watched it in chunks and segments and read articles. I didn't see it in its, you know, completely. But, uh... I felt like that, if he did it first, he did it wrong, or if the, or if, uh, Ken Ham did it first, I thought he did it wrong. Where, it, like, you know, oh, well, how did, and, and I can't remember, they'd ask him a specific example and he'd be like, oh, well, it's in the Bible. Oh, well, it's in the Bible. Oh, well, if you look at the Bible, oh, the Bible. And I kind of felt like that was a real, uh, that, that's the same argument I feel like that comes up sometimes whenever people are like, you know, oh, well, uh, you know, we, we should be allowed to do that. It's in the Constitution. It's in the Constitution. Well, it's okay. You got to do more than that. Yeah, I mean, but... that was basically uh, Ham's point was that, that was his argument. It was like, well, it's in the Bible, so therefore it's true. You have to go further than that. I mean, you you just have to. <laughs> what? I mean, well, it's in Mein Kampf, so it must be true. Right. Is that necessarily better? I, I mean, no. I mean, it's in the dictionary. I, I, it must be true. I, I f- I felt that it was a cool a cool thing. I thought it was a cool thing to see, to witness, to listen to. And if you get if you don't get a chance, this will be up on our show notes. I know it will. Which yeah, as it, but, as a quick note, um, I it will be in the show notes. Whether or not you'll be able to find it there, I don't know because it appears that they're going to be putting this on the internet for a while. But it, it sounds like they're going to pull it down and then and then try to sell DVDs. Um, them meaning, I, I believe, the Creation Museum. I don't know if Bill Nye is yeah, getting that was, revenue that, from it. That was the that was the way I took it. So, yeah, because it, it starts off with an ad for them. and But, um, yeah, as far as, like, some positives go, I mean, I felt they both were very charismatic, if that's anything. And, and I thought they, they even they, with... They, yeah, the they both mi- believed. The, right, and I think they definitely conducted themselves with very good decorum at each other. I mean, there were minor barbs, like you said, but I felt... I mean... I'm sorry, dude. It's it's a Christian scientist and Bill Nye. I don't think they're going to get too cutthroat on each other. <laughs> but I, I but I did I did I felt like they they both 
they both commonly wanted to debate something that they strongly believe in and make and make everybody else develop a conversation for that. And if that was the goal, that's really what I felt like it was the goal of. They definitely did that. We're talking about it. I know I've had multiple friends of mine talk about it. I've mentioned it to a lot of people. Everybody, it's got a dialogue going. Anytime you can get a dialogue going and get anybody to think, I mean, I think I feel mission accomplished, even if the DVD sales aren't that awesome. Yeah, like as far as I mean, other than the debate, I do feel they both went in there with other agendas. Um, I think Ken Ham definitely went in there with the agenda of making money for the Creation Museum, and that might have been right. and getting publicity for it. So. Uh, I definitely think Bill Nye went in there for another reason as well, which might have actually been his primary reasoning for going in there. And that's to say something that I've said on this podcast many, many times, in fact, which is one of my favorite parts about this is, um, you know, great minds think alike. So me and Bill Nye, we're on the same wavelength here, is that without science, we're going to fall behind. We should be spending billions and billions of dollars in science, is what he was saying. We should vote for people that are pro-science, is what he was saying. And he was also saying... We should stop the spread of non-science. And I've been saying that for a million years. He never mentioned a space elevator. But other than that, I think he, mine and his views on those topics were completely the same. And, you know, frankly, doing it, the things he said, will we'll get us a space elevator anyways. One of the, one of the things he said that I, I, and I definitely thought of you when it was brought up, uh, the, the entire part about Evolution is technology. Technology is advancement. Advancement is what pushes our country further forward. And by denying any of that, you're basically saying, well, that's, that sucks. And I, I really like that concept because, I, yes, I agree. I think that was m- much of his agenda was, yes, grow, the, grow science, give more money to science, allow us to get better through science. And I felt like that was, a, that was definitely a good point that did come up. But... I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, like I said, I didn't get to read. I didn't get to hear it all. I'd like to hear it all. I really would. I mean, I en- I definitely enjoyed it. I'm glad that they decided to do this because again, it opened up a dialogue. Yeah, it, it gave us something to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Which so. is what I thought when I first saw it. Um, <laughs> which the other thing is, I speaking of the fact that it's science he was talking about, not God. He was definitely arguing arguing from a skeptical point of view, opposed to an atheist point of view. And quick refresher, just because I feel this needs to be said. By skeptic, I don't mean he's like, well, I don't know. By skeptic, I mean in the in in the more uh, technical yeah, sense. or yeah, or not not the colloquial sense of the word skeptic, uh, not the common word for for skeptic. He's doing it as in like scientific skepticism. He only addressed the science. He never once talked about the God aspect of it, which I do feel is meant for atheists to discuss. Because I feel that's more of a philosophical question, or or a humanistic question, if you prefer, than than a scientific one. So he was definitely arguing as a skeptic, not an atheist, like like where someone like Richard Dawkins would argue. So I, I thought that was a, a good point to, to to bring out. It wasn't the atheist versus the theist; it was the skeptic versus the theist, which really means the skeptic versus the the young Earth creationist. As Bill Nye brings up, and even the other even um, Ham brings up, that is a very much minority view, even in Christians, young Earth creationism, even. Even most crea- uh, Christians will be and creationists will will go as far as saying, "Look, okay, fine. Fourteen billion years is, a, is an effective age for the universe. That'll do fine." Because because the whole argument that that Ham has is it's literal, and he's saying that the the literal translation of the biblical word for day is meaning a day, not as in as the traditional sense, as in one day, one twenty four hour period. Whereas you know some creationists will say, "Well, who's to say how long a day is to God?" But just just for the simple fact that he was debating this literal six days it took to build the Earth, and you know, I I 
don't understand the young Earth creationists at all. I mean, <laughs> give a little, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. I, I, I definitely... I definitely felt that, where it was like you, you, you were in the minority and you were really very unwilling to... The, the, only, th- the only thing that I thought um, Ken Ham brought up that was at least a valid point, maybe not the best point, but it's like, okay, I can concede a little bit with him, was uh, they're basically all arguing over how we got here, not what science can do to improve the now. So I kind of like that concept as far as like, okay, if we all kind of just fuck off about how we got here, even though you believe your thing and I believe my thing, if we use if we use that, if we use the now to move forward and better things, which it wasn't something he elaborated on in great detail, but I just thought the general thought was like, you know, that's kind of a warm fuzzy. Yeah, which Bill Nye was saying, though, is that you science isn't time-specific. Science is science. You know, it, it, it exists. It is, it's a thing. Which, cause, and, and that was the big argument of Ham was that it's not – science is not constant. Because as Bill Nye brings up many times, if you, if you go with the 6,000-year-old Earth theory – that was, like, his big sticking point of, like, fuck that, the Earth is not 6,000 years old. That was, like, definitely up in his craw. Oh, it's up in my craw, for sure, too. And, and then, then you go on as far as saying that 4,000 years ago, there was a flood that erased everything, so even those first 2,000 years didn't matter. And, and, and the whole point is, is that if, if this happened, there, there are laws of nature that are constant. With very few ex- times, it's not constant. And those are generally at the very most basic quantum level. So I will put that as the caveat, but, yeah. Don't get me started on quantum mechanics and how it's used to twist things. So I realize that this is probably from my viewpoint and I'm not a creationist or anything like that. I understand that. But does it really matter? Is the how that important? Isn't it the why? I mean, and, and I, I understand that that comes off very, like, dismissive of both. But if, if you're gonna, if you're gonna believe that if you're going to be religious, you're going to believe in your gods or your Cthulhu's or your flying spaghetti monsters or, you know, your Zeus's and whatnot. D- does the story of how that important or is it the, the uh, following the why more important? I I don't really understand the let's get so bent out of shape over, no, it literally was a day and God rested on the seventh day. I don't understand that. But maybe it's because it doesn't mean that much to me. Maybe I am just on the outside looking in of that. But Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of one of the things is it's, it's human nature to look for a pattern. And it's human nature to, to try to find consistencies. And, and that's, like I said, part of that thing is, you know, like I said, in your mind, you have this consistency that you, you, you strive to, to achieve. And patterns are something that your, your brain is just, well, dare I say, evolved to look for. Bum, bum, bum. And, which is, there actually is an evolutionary, uh, predilection for religion. Because in, in early times, it didn't matter that it was, how it was raining, it just mattered that it was raining. Right. And, and like I said, you, you're there to look for patterns. It, it, it was beneficial to early humans to see a tiger in the bush whether, where there was no tiger. So you just, you, you're trying to, you're striving to find a pattern. And also, I think I mentioned this somewhere in something I talked about once. You know, some people go as far as like, well, because my, this doesn't affect my life, I don't really need to know that much about it. Like I, the example I used, I don't need to know how a clock works in order to see that it does work and be able to use it. 
Some people right. don't need to know how the how the universe works in order to see that it does. Yeah, in order to inhabit it, they don't need to know how it works. And yeah, I think I, I I think I am definitely in that. Only in the last year or so have I even really remotely started to give a fuck at all. It's just not. I exist, therefore I am, and I don't really care that much. And honestly, without between you and my wife, y'all have got me more interested in this than I ever anticipated in being. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean it's ba- it's basically brave new worlds. You know, we don't we don't need this for what we do, so therefore it's right. not important. Which granted is probably also an, an uh oh no, evolutionary adaptation. <laughs> bum bum bum. But, I mean it's that's just the way it is, I guess. And yes, it is hard to go into any of these conversations or debates or or things without having without without seeing your 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 predetermined point of view. That it's a hard thing to get over. And that's what that's almost like the main thing that scientists go learn or skeptics go learn is, look, you have to s- step back and think. Right. And I, and I feel that's where, where Ken Ham failed is stepping back and thinking. Yeah, and like you brought up already is they both went into it with their agendas on what they were going to think. And I, I, I wasn't converted by what I read and what I saw, and I doubt that anybody else was converted. But at least as long – Yeah, I mean for the, yeah for, on that matter – I mean, if I was a creationist and a, and a big one, especially a, a young Earth creationist, I don't think I would have been convinced by Bill Nye. Right. But if I was on the fence, maybe one of them. Well, would throw and me like over I the said, other. I don't think I don't think somebody being shifted from one side to the other was the win. I think the the win was getting people on both sides to discuss it, and then maybe that one or two people out there, that guy or girl out there, those 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 lonely, scared, lost people in Podcastia and Podcastlandia that don't know why and how things work and don't know what they really believe. I think they're the ones that would benefit from this because they got to hear two two masters of their craft, for lack of better ways to put it, two masters of their subject, talk about it, and then they can come up with their own conclusions. So, I mean, I, I feel like it was a win, you know. I, I guess on that thing, I should bring this up just real quickly. Too. I, I'm trying to end this conversation, but I keep thinking of more. So, um, as Bill and I mentioned at the beginning... None of these things that he was talking about is his particular area of study. He's an engineer right. by training, but which is a lot of the reason why I say he's arguing as a skeptic because he's arguing as as an informed enthusiast. You know, he's he's not an evolutionary biologist. He's not an earth scientist. He's you know n- none of those things are his. He's not an entomologist, but all those things are things he he's interested in and he has you know taken time out of to, to research outside of what he is needs to do. Just like um, uh, all I want to get into on this is is um. I just learned a lot about a specific type of beetle recently that I, not an entomologist by training or hobby. In fact, I don't really care that much for bugs. But I learned about a specific type of, of beetle because someone asked me, prove this with evolution. So I spent about a day's worth researching it and trying to figure out how it would how it would be evolved. And, I mean, I learned something there. And that's really all I'm looking for. Any, anyone should be looking for. I think my favorite part of this debate, and I would be lying if I really have not stayed in the loop of what Bill Nye does since I watched him on on TV whenever I was a kid. I would be lying if I said that I stayed in the loop of his life and what he does. And I know he's a scientist and that's his thing and blah, blah, blah. blah. But yeah. it's really, really, the thing I honestly enjoyed the most, and I had probably, it took me probably 15, 20 minutes to get over the nostalgia factor, was... Hey, there's a guy that I watched as a kid presenting thoughts as like to an adult from an adult standpoint, and he still comes off in such a. He's still Bill Nye. Yes, <laughs> he's still yeah. like here's the here's thing like here's stuff to make you think here's stuff to make you learn, 
and he's still he's it's like I, I don't know it's like seeing like you know the Ninja Turtles or something come to life like we're still here to help you and I, I yeah I really enjoy- yeah this is something I want to talk about too because yeah I, you would see him he'd be standing there listening and he he'd be and boy did he take a lot of notes I don't yeah, know yeah. that but. But he's standing there listening and taking notes, and, I mean, he looks like an older guy who's up there in a debate. But then it, immediately as he starts talking, his hands are moving around, he's – he's. I, I mean, one of his slides he put up was the Bill Nye's periodic table of science. And I immediately went, bum, 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 bum! Right, yeah, like – Because – and, like, he's doing all these gestures, and he makes a corny – he makes two or three corny jokes in a row. And I'm like, he's Bill Nye. He instantly became 20 years younger. Right, and that, that that was so cool seeing somebody that you saw as a kid, somebody that taught you stuff as a kid. Like, somebody that explained to you why water boils. That person that explained that to you to where you understood it. Like, I still understand it because of him. And you see, you see him up there doing his thing, and it's like time went backwards. And maybe I, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was brought, that was my favorite. Actually, I'm gonna quickly say this: I actually got to see him speak once. Oh, really? Here in Amarillo? Yeah, I, he he spoke here in Amarillo, and it was the interesting thing was the the power went out at the Civic Center where it was happening. So the lights went out and, and everything and, and everything and, and Bill Nye like whips out his tablet and just immediately keeps going on lighting himself like it's a, in a campfire with his tablet <laughs> and just keeps going and just getting and just rolls with like okay fuck here it goes and and uh, they they get in like an extension cord and they get like the shit some shit working like they get his his projector working and once again this was a this was a, a talk to to older people in college stuff but you know every time he'd, he'd be like oh see this is you know this is the sundial i built for mars well this isn't actually the sundial i built for mars this is a picture of it but and like in jokes like that all the time and i'm like oh this is so amazing seeing bill and i talk you know kind of still beating this drum a little bit the only thing was like man i almost wanted him to put the lab coat on because it was i know i thought he would have one really like i i wanted him to because it was like seeing batman without his cowl on it was like he's still batman you know he could throw a battering of science at you but well i guess he's still the bow tie i mean yeah i i think that but i i thoroughly enjoyed it from so really what we're saying at you and is if you watched Bill Nye, which I don't know how you could be a kid in our age demographic in that thirty in that thirty to eighteen demographic and not at least have seen replays in school, but if if you yeah. watched it or you watched it yourself or whatever, and you or you care about the creation, if you just want to watch a good debate and something to get the gray matter rolling a little bit, go watch this. It's very much worthwhile. It's very interesting, or at the very least, go read an article about it. So it, it's very it's it's really cool to see stuff like this because I don't feel like enough of this type of stuff, like the very matrix of our existence type stuff, gets talked about enough or at least debated enough. So I mean, there's if you if you go through, which I might see if I can find any really important ones. If you go through YouTube, you can find some other greats debating this. As far as like, so I'm sure you can find Gish. Um, I bet you can find Gish debating Dawkins, which would probably be a great one. I know I know Carl Sagan did a few debates on a radio show that's on YouTube. And that's pretty amazing. I, I watched a little bit of Dawkins, but it was basically him filibustering, which is what Dawkins Yeah, Dawkins does. is not nearly as likable as, as I mean, Bill like Nye. Bill Nye, like, how do you hate him? Like, I just don't know that yeah. you can. Like, like I think, I, you know, I'm going to say it right now, and you can, you can, as we know that you definitely listen to our podcast, Bill, you can dispute me if this is wrong, but I could imagine that somebody could walk in on Bill Nye having a three-way with their wife, and he just starts talking to him, and they'll be like, oh, okay, go ahead. He just seems like a genuinely likable guy. Yeah, he, I, I think so, yeah. Which, 
I, I could see he was getting angry, which I, you know, I was like, man, is Bill Nye going to curse? Because that, that'll make my day if I hear Bill Nye curse. <laughs> he just loses it. It's like, fuck no. Yeah. You, you could see he was get. you could see little things were getting to him. Like, the biggest thing I noticed that got to him was during, uh, the, the opening, whenever he went on for like 45 minutes, uh, whenever Ham went on for like 45 minutes with like the roll call thing, you, you saw the camera pan into him and it was like, he was so ready to jump in there and be like, okay, here we go. Like, the, le, le, let me, let me, let me rebuttal this. It was, it was pretty interesting. Yeah, and his feverishly scribbling of notes, which I, I'm actually expecting it sometime soon. There's gonna be like a Bill Nye like post show roundup thing of science. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually really like to see that. So, I, I almost feel like he's one of the few, and I don't know that cartoon, like live action cartoon characters, is the right word for that. But, <laughs> that might be a good way. But but that's almost the way I. That's almost the affinity I feel for that man. And, and you know, I, I watched the show. I never, I, you know, I watched it when it came on. I've watched it in science classes. I enjoyed it, but I don't think I had I have near the affinity for him. But still, you're you know. Like I said, you're watching. Oh, see, I watched it religiously whenever I saw it. Oh, I watched it religiously? Bum, bum, bum! That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> that's the, that's the running gag of this joke, or this podcast. Dramatic music. Well, uh, yeah. I don't know that I have anything nearly that, that, um, controversial. The only wonderful and or exciting I have is, uh, I have gotten super, super sucked into Arrow. Like, Madison and I have gone nuts watching that, which, have you seen any of that yet? I haven't seen, you know, I keep contemplating it, and, and man, I almost didn't hear about it until it was into its halfway into the first season, and thought, yeah, I should go back and watch this. Haven't got around to it, though. Um, I guess I got a few points. One, if you know nothing about the Green Arrow mythology, this is probably a good place to start. It reminds me very much of, like, the Chris Nolan style of Batman, where we're very minimalist on our superheroiness, which... Oh, and, and, and Green Arrow talks a bit like this. Oh, look, I'm Green Arrow. But at least, but at least he uses a voice modulator, so it's a little more believable. Um, ah, so he doesn't talk that way to himself, is what you're saying. Right, he just talks whenever he's interrogating people. Um, I, 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 have enjoy, I have enjoyed it. I like the way they're going about it. They're trying to make it a little more realistic. They're taking some of the gimmicky arrows out of it. Um... There's no arrow of truth or anything. Well, like there's that. no like one of the things he was really known for back in the day was he would have like boxing clubs or, or boxing gloves on the end of arrows, like that kind of stuff. Which I'm glad they're not going with some, some of that stuff. But it's a cool, it's a cool show. It's one of those where you honestly forget that it comes on like basic TV because it's so well done. Like you, you really forget it is. So you kind of like some of your little gripes once you realize like, wow, this comes on the CW. It, it makes you kind of reevaluate it, but it's a very good show. It's very enjoyable. It's well written. I like the characters. I like the actors. My only gripe is it kind of points. It kind of comes off like Batman with a bow and arrow a little bit. Um, I feel like one of the one of the um, major mistakes or major missteps they do, and I, I, I get it from the most people watching the show uh, aspect of it. I don't feel like they go into his politics enough, and what I mean by that is. Okay, if Batman was trying to save Gotham, I would almost put Batman as a Republican, and I, I hate to re- relate superheroes to to I you know political ideologies, but I don't know a better way to do this. So I would almost say if Batman wants to save Gotham, he would almost be a Republican in comparison to Green Arrow being a pure left-wing anarchist, almost eco-terrorist, wanting to save the people. He doesn't care about the city. He wants to save the people of the city. And and 
I feel they misstep with that a little bit, but also I understand from a broader aspect appealing to a broader audience, it, it's good. They probably need to go the way they go about it. And frankly, I, I would be very, very wrong if I didn't say this. This is probably of a less of a second tier character. This is the best portrayal I have ever seen anybody do of a character that I don't feel is that well known. He's up there. He's up there in characters and heroes as far as DC yeah. goes, but as far as someone that I don't feel that the general public is super familiar with, this is absolutely the best way I've ever seen anybody go. So, yeah. arrow, two thumbs up, two arrows up, in fact. Fill your quiver yeah. with its goodness. Oh, I'm all a quiver from that. Uh, so, anyway, that's my that's my filibuster on that. That's, that, is, that is definitely a fletching story there. Yes, I shot straight. I got you straight to the point. Uh, no strings attached. It, it was to the head of the matter, for sure. <laughs> um, Crap, I can't think of any more. That's all I... Shafts! Yeah, I got shafted by that. I got shafted using my own joke. Oh. Uh, but, uh, I guess... Oh, uh, other thing that has been on the board shenanigans uh, list for a while... And by a while, I mean this passed on December 19th. So, (laughs) yeah, I was wondering if you were going to get to that, because I thought we were saving Arrow for later. Oh, I just, I I had to go on this. Um, Other thing, because I feel the need, I feel the need to talk about it. We talked about creationism, we're going to talk about politics politics now. So, um, as probably... Most of you were not aware because of the media blitz that surrounded Duck Dynasty at the time. Um, the, Which is a sentence I hope we never get to hear again. Yeah, that would be amazing if that quietly went away. Um, you know, went the way of your Cardassians or your Osbournes or your... Yeah, because those damn Cardassians, they're always oppressing the Bajoran people. Yes, um, but anywho, uh, did you... How familiar are you, Brewer, with the NDAA bill that passed? Uh, not that familiar. So, about as familiar as you were with the Bill Nye thing. <laughs> okay, so, for everybody out there in Podcastia and Podcastlandia, and even you out there in America where this really affects you. And, and people that aren't listening to us that are somehow finding this. You are aliens in the future finding these broadcast waves. You too. Listen. Um... The NDAA bill is a National Defense Authorization Act. They pass one every year. Generally, whenever whenever it comes up comes time to do it, it's very much presented as a Pentagon bill designed for oh hey, it's time to re up on the defense budget. It's time like here's improvements here. It's very much what it's been de- it's designed for, and that's what it was once. But over the last couple years, the last two in general, but this year they went pretty nuts with it. They have they have added a lot of things into it to get it to pass, where it's so lengthy that it's almost impossible to review everything. That is something that, which, by the way, I'm going to stop you right now. If you're a fan of our current administration, you're not going to enjoy much of this, so uh, you might just want to leave now. Anyways. Or, or just, you know, hum patriotic tunes. Right, yeah, just just uh, sit there quietly with with your headphones turned off and your blindfold on and enjoy th- and enjoy the downhill ride in complete ignorance. Anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll, oh, don't worry, I'll make some sort of yelling when we're done talking about um, things like this. But anyway, so and this has been a strategy of our current administration, where as opposed to going through the proper channels, as, as the checks and balances system, they have gone about it from executive orders, and they have gone about it with we're going to pass bills, but we're going to make them extremely lengthy and hide a lot of things in them so that agendas do get passed. Anyways, 
In this particular one, the main thing that got passed in it that, by the way, um, your senator in Texas voted for, most of you who probably listen in Texas, if you listen outside of Texas, there's there will be a link up so you can see if your senator voted for this, and you can you know berate them with, e- with emails because it's bullshit. Anyway. And make sure to mention board shenanigans when you do. Uh, but, um... Any, anyway, so, uh, <laughs> board shenanigans sent me here. Who, what, what is this? What does these lobbyists want? Anyway. I know, I, that was in my mind. I'm like, man, that'd be, that's fucking funny. I'm saying, they're like, what, we had to look this up? <laughs> I confused a senator today. Uh, yeah, so if you all, if everyone's in the messages saying board shenanigans sent, sent you there, they'll get so confused, they'll leave office. But, um, anyway, so what, what happened in this particular bill? Was this was also this has also been in the same year where we have upped the well the same two years really but in the same two years where we have upped the debt limit twice um, and we had the whole sequester where the government shut down everybody remember that yeah so we're gonna try and save money right okay in this particular bill we passed a five hundred and twenty seven billion dollars into for budget defense defense spending and yes. I'm not going to raise the ire of everyone that decides a defense is necessary. I'm not going to debate that point. It's it's a moot point to debate. However, we, we've decided it's okay to pass $527 billion for defense budget, but we have also cut combat pay. So I think that's a major issue, but I digress. Another thing that happened in this, which this is the one that everyone's losing their minds over, and everyone should lose their minds over, it has been decided if that... um. Due process is no law lo- is no longer applicable if they are considered a threat to national security. That is the way it is worded. So if someone is a threat to national security, the due process does not apply to you anymore. We have passed this. This is in the fucking books now. It is completely okay for them to decide you are a threat to national security. We can eliminate you and you don't have to go through due process. Habeas corpus is out the window, folks. Another thing that happened in this is, uh, and this has been laid out for the last two, but th- this this one really pretty much puts a name to it. It's uh, called the Conflict Records Research Center. It calls for the funding to establish this this organization, another government organization. What this government organization does will inter- will obtain information that the NSA collects. Remember those? Remember all that shit? Yeah, they're they're listening to us right now. But uh, they uh, they collect all of that with the wording called captured records on anything from your phone, from your emails, from your records, from browsing history, from social media, anything gets is going to get collected by this agency, so that if you are deemed a get a national threat, using the scary quotes, then they also don't have to go through habeas corpus in in order in order to to murder you or in order to eliminate you as a threat who might go against whatever their plan is. A couple other things that passed in this, those being the major ones that if you're not fecalating all over yourself, you really, really should. This stuff really matters. All, all of this has been passed. We're just, we're, we're, we watched the bus completely go away and no one talked, no one talked about it because again, we're so, we're, we're so busy with stupid other social issues that did, that did not, did not, did not apply to anyone. Um, so we we have violated uh, all all of our all of our all of our civil rights, and we we we've decided that this is okay. Um, another another thing that this that this allows to be okay is uh, 
By the way, this is an, a bipartisan thing. So if you're a Republican, this is not just the evil Democrats doing this. This is both of them. So you don't 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 raise the ire of the of you know the shadows of uh, Reagan saying that he was the he was the, the reason that that uh, or you know the mighty noble Republicans fought against this. No, this was a bipartisan bill that passed, and it passed eighty-seven to twenty-one. So there's that. Oh God, I'm trying to find it. I fucking flip. I, oh oh oh. Um, it also re it also renamed what uh con what the um conflict resolution in Libya would be considered. It reestablished the standards. So we, as the American people, decided that invasion of Libya is not is not okay. But we've reestablished what what the standards are and what the what establishes them being in compliance with the peace that we we want them to have, and we have shortened the window in which they can do it. So basically, that very much leaves the door open for hey, you didn't you didn't do what we said, even though we decided that we don't want to go to war with them as as a people, as a Congress, as all our representatives decided we don't want to go to war with these people. We uh still 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 lowered the standards and changed the timetable so that. Well, hey, we gave them all the chance in the world. It very much leaves the door open for that. So, look for that coming up soon. Uh, <laughs> see, the other one that uh, that this is that they heralded this as this was what this was under the banner of was this close this closes Guantanamo Bay, right? That's what this was supposed to do. Guantanamo Bay was supposed to go away, and it's no it's no longer it's no longer valid, right? Well. That's a good theory, other than the fact that it it establishes a date to close it, but it extends it for three years. So, we're all going to pay for for Guantanamo Bay to get ready to close, which, by the way, was opened unconstitutionally anyways, but hey, everybody look over here, we're doing something else. It was, it was, it was post 9-11, it was okay to do Patriot Acts and take away our rights, because uh, flags in America, woo! Uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, God, I got one more, and then I'll fuck off with this. Oh, where the fuck did it go? Oh, uh, the other, the other thing that this, that this has done, which I have uh, mixed emotions on this. I couldn't find more than this. So, again, if you're using board shenanigans as your sole point of research, go out there and do your own. But, uh, anyway... Uh, it's the National Security and Missile Defense Act, which sounds like a good thing. Like, hey, I want national security and I want missiles to defend me. Well, the only problem oh, was I, I thought it was old video games were getting put back into Congress. <laughs> um, what 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 this what this has decided is it's a it's an experimental project to uh, increase the missile the missile defense grid uh, for. You know, for defense against uh, against helicopters and to increase their range, which okay, that seems like a good concept in theory. Other than the fact that we're we're paying to buy to purchase Russian-made helicopters in order to explode, so that we know, so that so that we know uh, the effectiveness of ours, which. I really have a problem with because one, we're providing we're providing money to another country's military for them to produce stuff for us to for us to you know experiment on. Whenever hey, we have people here in factories here, they can produce stuff here, and we can blow up. So I kind of feel like that's a very much misstep. So we're going to okay money to go out of country whenever we could do the same thing and provide people with an opportunity that already exists. We could use our existing workforce and not outsource it, but we're going to outsource it. And we okayed all this. So 
I mean, I think the reason why they're doing that as far as getting actual Russian-made helicopters is, is so they can test them against the actual thing that they'll have to protect against, opposed to, you know, here we used a, we may use a different steel, or we may use it, like, well, we don't exactly know how the, this Russian guidance system works, because we never got one intact. So but do you really think that the Russian military or, is going to give us things that Which, are, I mean, they could, are, are they buying new ones, or are they buying ones that are surplus from the Cold they're War? They're buying new ones, the way that the wording is. But again, this is not something that I could find a whole lot on, so, cause this is, this is a mon, like, my notes for this, for this bill, and this is the glossing over version, I have 10 pages of notes. It's a 1100 page document, I believe, and I might be wrong on that number, but it is a very, very lengthy document. Um, oh, 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 last one, and then I'll fuck off with this. Um, um, the other thing that I was gonna bring up, this is also the bill that does compliance standards for men and women in the military so that they have the same set of standards, and this is what will be institutionalized over the next couple years. So, that, that way, that way there's one set of standards now. So, and, and I think we may have briefly brought this up, and if we, if I'm repeating myself, I'm sorry. But, um, or suck it up, whichever you'd rather hear a guy driving in your car. But, uh, this, this brings up, this brings up the, the point of, so, women can be in the Army Rangers now, women can be in the Navy SEALs now, but the standards are lowered. And the standards are gonna be lowered across the bar so that there's one universal set of standards so that all women can serve in combat. This is also the bill that, uh, that changes the standards for chaplains and religious freedom, allowing someone to say, they are of a Muslim, which this has already hit the news. If you are of a Muslim persuasion, you can wear your turban, you can wear your beard. Or if you're of, if you, you know, if you believe in the flying spaghetti monster, you can wear your pirate outfit to combat. That stuff, we, that, that's, that stuff happened in this bill. And we're already seeing the effects of it. Which, I have a really, I have a problem with all of that. I think everyone should have the same standards. I don't think that they should be lowered at all. I think they should be the same. And as far as religion in the military, and I guess I've never been there, so I'm going to be the ignorant one that all of you control. And send your hate mail to boardshenanigans at gmail.com or on our Facebook or on our new website, bspodcast.us. All of you can send whatever you want to me, but as far as I'm concerned, it's all or none, even when it comes to the military and Kind of the way I understand it is there's not a real big, there's not a real big military policy outside out or not a real big religious policy outside of the chaplain. So I'm kind of not really sure how you're going to shove forty thousand different religious ideologies into a cohesive fighting unit. Um, I think that's going to raise a whole lot of issues. Yes, I am totally in favor of everybody having their own flavor and whatnot, but. I kind of thought the whole point was uniformity and cohesion and a brotherhood so that everyone had their own backs. I, and I don't really even have near the problem with the religion thing as I do with the standards being lowered. I feel that the standards should be the standards. Those are the fucking standards. If you're, if you're green, white, blue, you have a pussy or you have a dick. I think you should have those standards. And I think lowering them never solves anything. But, uh, NDAA 2014, look forward to that, kids. Yes, uh, thank you, Mr. Smith. <laughs> Man, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to bring up anything. Um, as far as, like, the military cohesion thing, yeah, I think I'm with you there. I, I think that should, but I don't think that should matter. Uh, I, I do think the standards should have been, should be uniform always. 
I mean, oh, see, I know what like the big arguments was, you know, as far as before, like you know, uh, women couldn't be on a submarine because then it required two separate housings, two separate bathrooms, stuff like that that you don't have room for, which was the reason for not doing that before. But I say maybe they should just use the same housing and the same bathroom. You know, don't you remember that whole big? Thing? Now I'm going to get hate mail saying this. Don't you remember that whole big thing for, where they fought for equal rights, but then they want something separate? Um, I feel like that's a major, major misstep as far as this goes because okay, if and. I'm not a woman, what? and I I know that dis- I know right. Everybody collectively drops their glass and freaks the fuck out when I say like controversial things like that. But uh, being is how I'm not a woman, and I don't know. But I would take it. Okay, fine, fine, fuck it. I'll go on a way I do know. Being a man, if I decide to go what? <laughs> being a man, if I decide that I'm going to go out and I'm going to join. An all like an all women's fitness group or all women's fitness club or whatever the fuck it is, then I don't really expect to be treat. I I'm going into their world, so whenever they start talking about, you know, flowers and you know, ribbons and periods and pregnancy and all that stuff, I don't feel like I have any right to get offended because I joined their group. I feel it's the same thing. With women joining the military, if you're gonna join the military, you're going into that, into that, and I am not by any means advocating, which that is one good thing that did pa- pass in this. It very, very much tightened up the restrictions on sexual assault and the consequences of such, which needed to happen. I, I, that's a whole nother thing for another time, but that did happen, which that is one very good thing that did come out of this, but, you're going into that that world, and I don't feel that you can complain about it because you entered into there. And if you try and make things separate and different at all times, nothing's ever going to be the same. Nothing's ever going to be equal. But I mean, I think this should extend even as far as like our, you know, like our racially pr- preferred scholarship programs and things. Oh yeah, by by I don't, I don't by, those by all means. I mean, but because that's just perpetuating something that they're trying to get rid of. I, I mean, uh, so, speaking of Starship Troopers, I think they did it right in some way. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think that, and again, I know that we're quoting fiction as something that's viable, but why can't you have it? Why can't you have a co-ed military? Why can't that exist? Why, I mean, are we so, as a country, are we so committed to the traditional role of women and the traditional role of men that we cannot accept the fact that maybe they could exist together without everybody fraternizing and everybody getting their whatnots up? And I mean, if you're under fire from the enemy, do you really care like so much about what her tits look like under her uniform? I don't think so. I think you're more worried about, no, cover me while we accomplish such mission. I mean, again, I've never been in the military. I've never, I've never been in the, I've never shot at the enemy with a woman next to me. I don't know how things go like that. Maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm assuming something that I don't understand. And if I do, by all means, send me something. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't really care. I want, if you're gonna go out and you're gonna defend me, if you're going to defend for, like, you know, you're going to defend America, I want the fucking people that have the same set of standards, and I don't really care what they have. I want the ones that do the best job. Period. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck what they look like, what genitals they have, if they have both sets, if they can literally fuck themselves. I don't care. I don't care. I don't think that matters at all. And that'll be your other genital reference of this podcast. Yeah, uh, well, I was saying... We can quote Stargate. In fact, the pilot episode. Just because my sexual reproductive organs are on the inside doesn't mean I can't do anything a man can. 
And that ended that discussion for, the, you know, 230 episodes. I, I, that, that's the way I feel about it. But, again, that's... that's. And I guess other uh, thing I would, I would have questioned more about as far as what you brought up, um, the the concept of national threat, is there, like, a spe- spe- specific, like, guideline that is, determines no, that? No, it, it is open-ended wording. Or, which I mean, or, is, or is there, like, some sort of proving method that, like, like how you have to get a proving method... No, it's, it's, it's an open-ended, what you determine to be a national threat. The other thing that really, again, I'm going to get very black helicopters and tin hats so they don't hear my thoughts, but the other thing that really alarms me about that is we've decided it's okay to use drone strikes on our own soil. So, potentially what I'm seeing, and maybe I'm making a connection that I hope I hope to hope to hope does not exist. But I think that opens a very dangerous, slippery slope to where if you have open-ended wording that it's like, you know, where you are a national threat and they can collect whatever data on you, I feel that they can very much misconstrue misconstrue something and allow for a, you know, the use on American citizens on their own soil without habeas corpus to eliminate you as such threat. I feel that's a very dangerous, very slippery slope. I mean, it, it, I, I don't see any problem with drones because I don't know what this whole thing about. Uh, it's 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 the way of the future. Drones. I don't see a problem with drones either. I see a problem with using drones on American citizens on American soil, which we have decided is okay. And I I, I feel that is that very much should. Yeah, I, if that doesn't scare you, it should. Which I mean, these drones that they keep re- referencing aren't, aren't like the T one thousand that everyone seems to make them out to be. These are things that you could have bought twenty years ago in the back of Popular Science. They're these little remote control helicopters that you use with a controller, and like you would do a remote control car, and you stand there and you, you throw it up in the air. It goes. It, it's it's it not the, it's not that so much that worries me. It's the explosive that, that is attached to it. I mean, that's. I, it, yeah, but I mean, it's just simply how much how this concept of drone has been has been taken way out of context. Right? Yeah, it's a ho- it's it's become a hot it's become a hot button issue because because the term drone almost sounds like it's autonomous. Right. It it comes it comes off like you know oh well they're look look at this horrible crazy device they're releasing which has only you know caused bedlam and tyranny upon us. I, I understand. Yeah, that I mean, there's there is a man on the other end of them controlling them at all times. They cannot act. Alone. It, it's like saying assault rifle. It's it's that same concept where it's like. Oh my god, a bad word from the media. I totally understand that. However, that doesn't negate the fact that from our own, you know, from Eric Holder's mouth, the head of the Department of Defense, he said it was okay. I, I That very much scares me. I, I just want to say as far as, like, not talking about the concept of, of uh, national threat part, but as far as just using drone strikes against a target on our soil, how is that different than, than when the FBI sets up a sniper? I, I See, I, I don't... I don't really say that, but I mean, on an American like citizen, said, like taking out the concept of, like I said, the national threat issue, like purely the use of a the use of technology, it's still a, a long range a, a attack on a on a soft target. Well, right, but if they if they are attacking a soft target using a warrant, I don't know that I have a problem with that. Other than the fact that if you're going to do a drone strike with, with you know dead like munitions presumed to kill that person. I don't. I, I kind of have a more of a problem with that than I would say on, say someone is going, is gonna is gonna use a uh, you know a sharpshooter from a SWAT team is going to take out a target. Well, one that target is given multiple opportunities to surrender until they do become such an impending threat that they must be eliminated. But death is generally one of the last options as far as police go. I don't know that someone flying something from a remote 
from a remote situation can make that, and especially if we're talking like we're going to drop a bomb on somebody, I, I I feel like that's a real that's a real real touchy issue. I mean, granted, I, I'm all in favor of technology saving lives. I'm all in favor of technology doing things to save police force, to save manpower, to save money, to make us better. I'm totally fine with that. I think that that definitely is a goal. But I think you have to tread lightly whenever you're so quick to pull the trigger in that particular manner. I, I mean, I've, there's such a protocol behind it. And nine times out of ten, and I'm seriously not just throwing an arbitrary number out there, I actually think it's seven out of ten um, sniper you know, snipe, police sniper situations. Most of the time, they don't kill the guy because usually they use a, a usually they use a two two three with a fragmentation round in it, where all you're trying to do is stop them because you want them in court. You want that. You want them as a witness. You don't want them to die. So, which I mean, on the same token, I mean, you could drop a gas grenade. You could right. Yes, right. Yeah, I mean, if you throw tear gas or whatever, that's fine. Yeah, I don't. I don't see an issue with that. I mean, yeah, but, you can even use put tasers on it. But and, but whenever the depart, but you do understand my point. Whenever the Secretary of Defense says it's okay to use deadly force without habeas corpus, I think that. I mean, that's everything that this country was founded on, and we've just decided that no, we're gonna do the, we're gonna do this like like it, we are the fucking Skynet. I, I, that kind of scares me. Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't know enough about this to really have any sort of discussion as far as in the in-depth details of it. Right. So and I, I've, so yeah, so I'm, I'm point, I'm purposely keeping it ambiguous because I don't know. And I, and I don't, and I don't want to bring up points that are, that are wrong or bring up points that, that, that I can't argue. Well, I, I'm just, I'm just putting it out there because I, I don't know. So I'm keeping it, I'm, I guess right, I'm keeping man. skeptical on it. Right. And that's a good point, And that's what you should always do. And you should figure out your own research. But the only reason I really wanted to bring this up is because it received so little publicity and it was so, under the radar, as far as popular drive-by media goes, you really had to do some research on it. I vaguely heard about it right, like the day before it passed, and that's whenever I started reading about it. And I didn't really learn that much about it until a couple days after, which is depressing to me because I really probably would have done a lot of, you know, send some letters to your senator type stuff. But I, I very much missed the boat on this, and I really, I feel like all of y'all should know. I mean, what the fuck's the point of a podcast if you can't be like, hey? This happened. Pay attention. And I, I feel that this was very much a uh, a bait and switch, or maybe not even a bait and a switch is the correct terminology as much as a, you know, under the rug, behind the curtain type of thing. And I don't feel that that kind of legislation ever, ever is a good thing. I feel that you should pay attention and not miss something like that. So, which, which speaking of, when, when I am emperor of the world, um, yes, I got one of these out of this. When I remember the world, all all documentation will require at the very top of it a summary of all points made in bullet point format, no longer than half a page. <laughs> yes, and the reason why I bring this up is uh, partially because I hate reading through these big long things. And how many of you have ever read those those you know things at the beginning of when you install software? It says, "Hey, read this." And you're like, "No, fuck that! I'm just gonna click accept and continue." Fuck that! Maybe someone should actually put like a summary at the top of that so you know what you're accepting to. Because I remember when I once uh, I don't know why I'm still emperor of the world voice for this, but I'm gonna go with it. I remember once one of those said that you sold your soul to the company just to see if anyone read them. So maybe we should have bullet points at the top of all all legal documents, and you know maybe we should even rethink the concept of legalese. I don't think that's a bad point. But I am emperor of the world, anyways. Uh, well, uh. On less bullet point notes, um, I take it Jarrett wanted this on the po- Oh, uh, by the way, other- Rogue's Gallery call out to everyone. 
Um, Britt makes his glorious return to the wrestling ring this week. That's right, after after a long absence, the Britt Destroyer, or whatever his name, Jason Zane, or whatever he's coming back as, returns to the ring to once to once again grapple the competition and suplex them into the corner. Um, other things that are happening. Um, Kevin, if you're listening, glad that your minor ER visit was minor. It was not a major thing. So hopefully the shenanigans have healed you, and you know you're one. You're one with the world. Uh, and other other one haven't said anything to Justin in a while. So hey man, how goes it? Uh, I sent you a message that said, "Yeah, fuck you," and you never fucked me back. So I'm fucking you again, right in your ear, pussy. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see, and then uh. Jarrett sent me a little message, which I assume needs to be on the podcast. He didn't tell me not to, so that's what all of our friends have learned. You send things, it's open game, unless otherwise specified. And then it still might be considered if it's open or not. Right. Uh, today, Jarrett learns that the girl that you're not officially dating can still give you a cold and sinus headache bad enough to make you wish you were being eaten alive by a polar bear instead of walking outside to a rehearsal. <laughs> which I see. I now, think, now, is this polar bear on its way to Mexico for the for the tequila and hot senoritas? I would assume this is a hungover polar bear, which uh, oh, so what, on the way back from Mexico. What what um what Jared has managed to do inadvertently has uh, redescribed the way that sinus headaches will be called from henceforth upon the podcast. Yes, whenever you have a headache so bad, it is being eaten by a hungover polar bear. So thank you for that, Jared. It, all other contributions for other conditions are welcome. So Rogues Gallery members, this is us calling you out. Send forth your colloquialisms, and we will incorporate us, uh, incorporate them with you know factory standards like your soup eating, your Larry Sanders, your poppy cocking out, you know those types of things. Your podcastias, your podcast landias. Mm. Whatever else I have forgotten in there. I don't even remember my own colloquialisms is the way that I roll. Exactly. I mean, who, who has time for that kind of nonsense? If only we could construct a colloquialism dictionary for this. That's looking <laughs> at know, you, fans. Only. Oh, we're putting it on them now? Well, I thought it might get done if they did. Which, by the way, um, are you enjoying our... Fulfilling our uh, promises of the new year to you, our daily Facebook posts of things and our stupid Twittering about nothing, which, seriously, can somebody follow us on fucking Twitter? Because I have been talking to myself for days, and I feel so retarded doing it. I think Twitter is the dumbest thing ever. If you like it, could you find us and send me something so I don't feel like a moron sitting there talking to myself? Or what else? Help us figure out how the hell we're supposed to use this thing? I, I, I don't know much about Twitter, but I know I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, I, I don't know where you do pounding at, and, like, why? Yeah, like, bring back the pound sign, and number signs unite, you know, get the yeah. hell out, like, like bring back the asterisk, I don't know. Yeah, anywho, um, hey man! What? <laughs> Are you gonna rock me with something? Oh boy, am I. Prepare to be rocked. Rock me, Brewer Deus? Back in 1996, the world was introduced to a new thing. That was Pokemon. But they made a grave error back then. As far as the art style. Okay. I, I think that's where they, they screwed up the most. Instead, I think they should have done something more along the lines of this. And by this means I'm sending a link to Cody. Oh, uh, opening. Um... Yeah. <laughs> 
Yes, this is a con. This is a, this is a hey man about things that are very important to the board shenanigans people and things that we talk about here a lot. No, it's not about the space elevator. No, it's not about Crystal Skull. It's about Nicolas Cage. I, I have found <laughs> it's Pokemon, but made with Nick Cage faces. Oh, Nicolas Cage. Oh my. God. Oh, my wife is like. God, y'all in fucking Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I I learned about this because I was watching uh, Chris Hardwick's other television show, At Midnight, which I think is some sort of, sort of Twittery TV show. So I still don't understand it. But they brought up this concept of Nick Cage Pokemon. And I had to share this with you because it's very <laughs> important. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's like a hundred so, images of this. Oh god, there's so many! <laughs> yeah, apparently what happens is to give the whole backstory on this, I guess this was a thing that happened for a while, and then for whatever reason, they like deleted their account and removed it. But some guy thought this was so funny that he had, he had downloaded 151 of them. The, the, the first 151 of these onto his computer and is, is in the process of re-uploading them. So he literally caught them all? Exactly, yes. Like, he's like, fuck, this is funny. I'm keeping this. And has been uploading them again. He, he, like, he secured the domain name and started uploading them again. Thank you. Thank you. I know, right? So, um, that guy that's doing the Pokemon X Nick's Cage. Yeah, that is, I'll, I'll say it's Pokemon X Nick Cage, uh, N-I-C-C-A-G-E, um, dot Tumblr dot com. Uh, thank you. I'm I'm not sure exactly who you are at this moment, but but thank you. Some of these are amazing. I'm so glad that someone decided. Thank you, Internet. Oh, I I really enjoy the Doug Trio. Uh, Actually, if you go all the way down to the bottom, th- there's something very disturbing. Is it scarier than Nick Cage, Miley Cyrus? No, it's it's an entire page. It's like an entire post of like just Nick Cage faces. I guess oh. that you could use to make your own from. And it's really creepy seeing. Uh, well, uh, speaking of Pokemon in a really not way I expected to bring up at all, um, I was reading something on Cracked or somewhere, I don't remember. Like, I don't know that I'll go look it up, so I don't know that I even care beyond that. Here's Nicolas Cage with Mo- on Mona Lisa. That's funny. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's, it, before you get to this, Cody, I want to know, it, why is, is this a thing? Why is it, why are there so many things that they're like, you know what's missing from this? Nicholas Cage's face. I think it's because he overacts and bulges his eyes out and looks ridiculous and like. I, I was wondering because we have Miley Cyrus with Nicholas Cage's face. Why don't we have Pokemon? Why with were there Cage's so face? many Chuck Norris jokes? Why were you know? I mean, why? Yeah, but I, I don't know. Like listeners out there, if you know of a thing that has Nicholas Cage's face on it that shouldn't have Nicholas Cage's face on it, send it to us. It'll <laughs> it'll be a new recurring segment. Um, Nicholas Cage face on things that he shouldn't be. Uh, uh, face off with Nicolas Cage, <laughs> but not that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or I guess it'd be Nicolas Cage face, face on. on. Yeah. 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 It's face on because we both just collectively came to it. Uh, so, yeah. Oh God, I'm sending you this one. <laughs> uh. So CC and Matt, I know you're fans of of Pokemon. Don't you agree that this would be a much better use of Pokemon's time if you know back in 1996 they. They would have just put Nicolas Cage on there's face from the beginning. Try and look at that without laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Why did they choose that face is the best question. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I'll never be able to look at Brit again the same way. Oh, man. Uh, that's going to go up in the links of interest. Stay tuned for Nick Cage on Kate Winslow's body from uh, Titanic. I, I, why? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I, another thing I randomly learned since we're talking about Pokemon, um, there's like hidden stat, there's hidden stats in the game, and it kind of made sense because I played it a lot as a kid, and I really haven't played it since. Like, I'm actually half debated about diving back on a little bit, um, just because Matt has such an affinity for it, and generally he has extremely good taste in games. So thanks for that, Matt. Um, anyway. It's they have an art they have like your level value on how high up you get your Pokemon, but there's a there's a random value which is like the value of your Pokemon as far as like how good are they actually ever will be like so you basically have a mediocre value and what level of mediocrity do they have so you can catch two do the exact same things to them and one of them will just be more talented than the other one go up levels faster be stronger and the other one won't which i think i'm vaguely aware of this see i didn't know of this which kind of made sense because i remember when you'd go through and you'd play it you'd get one you'd be like oh it's the coolest fucking thing ever and then the other one would i don't know you'd do it again and you that one would suck so thank i i, I thought that was kind of a cool concept which i actually kind of like the whole hidden stats in video games yeah Oh no, if you like Final Fantasy and Pokemon, try Final Fantasy uh, 13 too, as there seems to be a Pokemon-esque quality to it, uh, of where you go about capturing the monsters in which you then use as your third person, because, spoiler alert, there's only two party members. Oh, so how is 13 too? Give him a, give him a Final Fantasy update. Um, it's pretty enjoyable, I'm, I'm having fun playing it, yeah, I guess is a good way to put it. That's good. Is it better than, is it better than 13, or about the same? Oh, uh, you know, I think I'd probably say about the same, because, you know, if... If 13 would have done some of the things that 13.2 did from the beginning, it'd be better. If And maybe if 13.2 did some of the things that, that 13 did, it'd be better. I gotcha. Yeah, as far as, like, I, I think they, I, I personally think they, as far as Final Fantasy goes, went a little too far off the concept of line, linearity. Lineality? Yeah. I, I'm saying it's maybe a little too unlinear for a Final Fantasy for my taste. Right. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. If it, or maybe it's just different. I don't know. Well, uh, oh, and other, I guess other... You know, trivial news, since I figure at this point everybody needs a little triviality after all the shit we talked about. Um, So, do you really think Jay Leno is officially retired or tired, or do you think he'll be back in a year? Oh, I'm sure he'll be back. I mean, because just just like how Larry King retired, but but seems to be everywhere now. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, you know, because Jay Leno retired once, and then they decided that Conan... And then he he was fired once, and then he was, and yeah, all that other nonsense. Yeah, Yeah, like, so do you really legitimately think he's gone or not? I don't. No, I'm sure he'll be back. I'm sure he'll be on the internet, if nothing else, doing talk shows. Which, we're asking you now, Jay Leno, if you'd like to do the first crossover podcast between board shenanigans and... Linoing it up, or whatever your podcast is going to be called. Uh, yeah, let us know because we know you're listening to this. And uh, Bill Gates, by the way, since I know you are our favorite, you are our favorite listener and fan. Uh, I have that. I have that plate you brought over for uh, Super Bowl, and uh, you can have it back now because the queso was amazing. I, I bet he'd be really good at the queso. <laughs> you think so? I think so. He strikes me as a man who knows his queso. Who do you think would not know their queso? If you had to pick a random person, who who do you think just would not know their queso? Um, Morgan Freeman. Really? Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> He'd try and talk it into submission. He wouldn't like actually do it. Yeah, I, I feel it'd be I feel it'd be just a little too smooth. Uh, it, would, it wouldn't. Ha- it would. It, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be spicy enough. I guess. 
<laughs> though, though its consistency would be perfect, I think. See, and I, I think that if I had to pick a who would make the best queso off of absolutely nothing besides who they are, um, I think I'd have to go with Edward Norton's queso, just because <laughs> it's a little mysterious, you don't know what all the ingredients are, it has the right amount of grit, and I mean, I, I think Edward Norton could make a damn fine queso. And then, I think right behind that, John Travolta's queso would probably be pretty good, too. Y- you think so? I do. Uh, I don't know that I'd want. I don't know that I'd want um, Samuel L. Jackson's. I think it might be a little too intense. <laughs> there might be there might be too many snakes in it. <laughs> yes, the snakes in <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson's queso. I don't know what it means either, but it's mildly dirty, and that's funny to me. <laughs> I know, it, it's like the name of an album that you would just just to get people to pick it up, right? The snakes in <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson's queso, <laughs> or, or or like a, a bad mystery plot line. Plot title: uh, Murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> Snakes and, and, and Samuel L. Jackson's queso. Sounds like a Hardy Boys novel, like the Hardy Boys and the mystery of the mystery, the mystery of the mystery. Snakes in the queso in Samuel L. Jackson's queso. I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes in my motherfucking queso. Either that, or it's like a children's nursery rhyme. Who put the snakes in Samuel L. Jackson's queso? I put the snakes in Samuel L. Jackson's queso. Who me? Yes, me. Couldn't be. Then who? I don't. know. As, as we prove, we can't do children's nursery rhymes off the top of our head. No, no, we can't. Uh, we just steal them from other things. Um, oh god. Uh, any other any other celebrity food um, predictions you'd like to make, or or, or or are you about ready to roll for a wrap up? Um, but I, 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 I bet um, Sean Connery would make good beer. Oh, that's a good call, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to counter that. Yes, I can't. I cannot. I cannot argue with that point. Um, you know, I, I bet. Well, I, I bet. Um, I, I bet Keanu Reeves would make really good brownies. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going out on a limb here, but you know, I imagine. <laughs> yes, this is the limb, not the others. No, no, no. This is the limb right here. Uh, I bet you Quentin Tarantino makes some damn fine Jello. I said it. <laughs> what? Oh, really? I bet he puts like real fruit in it, not that. Can. Actually, do you, do you know what I think he makes real good? Coffee. Oh, yeah, lots of cream, lots of sugar. Even though that's not the way I like it, but yeah. Well, no, I'm just saying because I mean, I, I hear his coffee is really good. Because when his wife buys coffee, she buys shit. <laughs> Which uh, that had to be real dialogue. Like that so had to be real dialogue. But um, anyway. Other thing that was brought to my attention, since we're talking about coffee, and we're talking about Jell-O, and we're on a podcast, yes, as we line up all the segues so that we can follow the stars, um, Penn, are, you talking, are you talking about Bill Cosby? No, I'm talking about, uh, Penn, on Penn's podcast on Sunday School. He's raised this concept a few times of coffee Jell-O, and I'm stupidly intrigued by this, so if you out there have had the coffee Jell-O, or have a recipe, let us know. Okay, which, speaking of Penn Gillette... Um, on his podcast, because I haven't listened to it yet, has he talked about those crazy parties? Any? Are, are you aware uh, of those crazy parties? I he does like he does. He's talked about like the movie nights he does, which basically like start as a movie night and don't ever end as a movie night. It's like it seems like it turns into just this insane, I don't know, debauchery thing of awesome. But yeah, because apparently, so I, I guess there's like one thing about his parties, like no one drinks at his parties. That's 
almost makes these weirder or less weird. I'm not sure which, but I know at one point in time he, he drained his swimming pool and filled it full of oobleck, which um, oobleck would be uh, your gorn starch and water thing, you know, where it's, where it's goopy and you can stick your finger in it, but when you punch it, it's hard. Right. He filled his entire swimming pool full of that and, and did... Man, I almost want to say it was naked wrestling of a midget with it. He, he, but it might not have been naked. It might have just been like topless midget wrestling. Where, where, where he wrestled a midget that was one of his friends. I mean, it's not like he hired a midget wrestler. And I, I, and other weird things like this. I, I just thought we sh- you should know that he has... A party at Penn's house is nothing but a good time, apparently. Well, uh, I definitely have like very much enjoyed his podcast, which I have hawked on here multiple times. But uh, about the latest episode... All I'm gonna tell you is, uh, he made it, like, a guy made a, made a passing joke about Pin grabbing his balls in a restaurant and Pin grabbed his balls. So, that's all I'm gonna tell you about that episode. If you need to know more, you should go check out the latest one. It's a pretty goddamn funny <laughs> story. Ball grabbing here on board shenanigans. Ball grabbing and pandering for other people's shit that probably didn't need us to. Like, pr- oh. a proud heralded tradition since the beginning, hawking other people's shit. I don't know, why are they hawking our shit? Well, I figure maybe it's a scr- we scratch enough back, somebody will scratch ours. Yeah, so if you go there, leave a comment saying that you heard about their podcast from Board Shenanigans. I think that should be the thing. If you go other places and look at other things and you enjoy those other things, or hate those other things, tell them Board Shenanigans sent you. Yes, and tell your congressmen, too. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so... Re- Reverend, do you have any? Do you have any good, solidifying, solid creation anti-NDAA bill words to leave the people on? Um, let me find out in a minute here. This is the part of the podcast that rarely makes the air, where Brewer forgot to grab his last words or change them mid mid show, and so now he fr- and frantically researches so that he can find something meaty to leave the people with. These are the kinds of things that you don't often hear, and probably won't hear me explaining how often you don't hear them, unless he decides to be an ass and edit edit me edit me talking about how you won't hear them, even though you will hear them, and then it's a giant giant paradox of hearing and not hearing. So let's all listen in as he let's all listen in and observe as he frantically searches. Ah, yes, as as Brewer engages the Serengeti of his computer. Look, looking at looking at various quotes from time and space. Ah, yes, and I see as he has opened up another tab. It's it looks as though it's Bible verses, and he's trying to get a context for them. And oh, look there he there he is observing other other quotes. Ah, and as you do see, he keenly opens up his quotes throughout all time and space file that he has been feverishly archiving since high school. Now, now you look at the contemplative nature upon his face. He looks, you know, figuring out the proper way to amalgamate all these things into something for all the listeners to see and hear, because they see them in their mind, because they're so orally dictated that no one can dispute them. Ah, yes, as we observe the brewer in his natural habitat, frantically procrastinating and researching for the podcast. I, you know, I was going to let you continue. Oh, oh I was... <laughs> at that point, I was just going to let you go. Because I'm like, this is going to be useful at some point in time. Yeah, I kind of realized that. So. Cody, I think my words to you are would be the same of, as the words that, that, I, that Isaac said to Abraham once. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Amen. Need more shenanigans in your day? Find them at bspodcast.us. 
twitter.com slash board shenanigan, our iTunes feed, or at facebook.com slash board shenanigans. Howdy, howdy. Oh, howdy. I know I can't hear you, Cody, but hi, fuck you. So, uh, on behalf of me and Cody, for your early birthday present, because if we didn't do it, they would run out. Uh huh. We have bought you. Oh, yeah? The Dave's 2013 Scorpion Insanity Sauce. Well, fuck. Private Reserve. Huh. Said to be the hottest private reserve they have. Ha! Huh. Oh, uh, that's pretty damn awesome. Happy, uh,. Happy earliest fuck birthday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thanks, man. That's pretty damn awesome. But, yeah. We well, just hell. figured that we would give you uh, something special uh, that we found. Well, I found. Cody said he'd be in on it, so. Huh. Okay. Hey, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah. Well, I'll talk to you later. Yeah, have fun. Don't, don't die in the snow. Bye, Cody. <laughs> Asshole. Well, that happened. That'll be, that'll be what the end of the episode is. <laughs> I'm sure. He, like, sent me this email, and it was, like... Or he sent me this text message. He's like, dude, I found this. Do you think he'd... I was like, do you think he'd fucking... Why are you, why are you not buying it right now? <laughs> That's pretty crazy, yeah. 